When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're listening to a Score North podcast right now, and if you're a business owner, so are your customers. In fact, I could be talking about your business right now, telling the tens of thousands of loyal fans about you and sending them to your business. Find out how you can partner with your favorite Score North podcast. Visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Fill out the form, and we'll get in touch with you quickly. Once Phil, Judd, Declan, or others start talking about your company, you'll be amazed at how many fans start showing up. So visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Minnesota sports fans, we know all too well how it feels to sign up for a lifetime of purple pain. Welcome to Before We Die with Jesse and Thor on Purple Daily and Score North. Hello, everybody. This is Monday edition, our final edition, the swan song of the season, you guys, of Purple Dailies before we die on Score North. I know you all miss us. Don't worry, we'll be back and we will let you guys know that you will still be able to find Thor and I on the Score North Network. We'll share those details at the end of the episode because I'm going to make you listen to every single word that we have to say to close out today's episode. I'm Jesse Pierce, regular writer for NHL.com, but was thrilled to be a part of this year's Vikings fandom, uh, for the most part fandom. It all, as we know, still still hurts, still left with the pain. He's Thor Nystrom. He feels pretty positive, even with a little bit of pain. I don't know why. I, he drinks a lot, I think, you guys. I'm not entirely sure. Well, yeah. And then <laughs> that's Ross Brendel, our loyal and tired and true producer. All right, you guys. First of all, I just want to say I heart you. Thank you for making this show. Uh, mostly great Thor. You a little bit mostly Ross. <laughs> I'll take right it back at you, Jesse. Who I'll is that it. guy that's on the bottom of my screen? I don't know where he's at on yours, but who who invited him? I know the irony is he's going to basically run the show because he knows all of these questions that we have for the Minnesota Vikings as they head into this offseason. First, we got to address the cap situation. The Vikings currently 24 million over the salary cap, largely due to high priced veterans like Harrison Smith, Patrick Peterson, Eric Kendricks, Zadarius Smith, Adam Thielen, CJ Ham, and Delvin Cook. Uh, Patrick Peterson will be an unrestricted free agent at the end of this year. Uh, but let's start on the defensive side of the ball for. You've got Harrison Smith, 33 years old. He's got a $19.4 million hit on the cap. They would save the Vikings, excuse me, would save $7.3 million if he was cut by June 1st. Uh, you've got Smith, who's 30, cutting him, saves 13.6. Kendricks, who's also 30, uh, 9.5 if cut before June 1st. My big thing is I think Smith, as lovely as everybody loves him, right? He's a fan favorite. And all these guys that we just listed are fan favorites. They were part of that 2017 squad. Um, you know, but I think Harrison Smith has the most likely good replacement with Metellus kind of waiting in the wing. What do you do about, um, Zadarius Smith, excuse me, and Eric Kendricks? Are there people that could replace those two on defense? Zadarius Smith, I think you got to keep. I mean, you know, the, the, the reason that the Vikings were able to have access to him at the price point they did was because it was a prove it year for him health wise. And now he's proven that, and he was fabulous this year. So even the cap hit, uh, 13, whatever it is, this coming year, he's worth it at that number. So I I, I think he's a keep for sure. 
Kendricks for me, that's that, now we're getting into the cuts. Um, for me, Kendricks, like I, I've seen other people that might want to keep Kendricks. For me, he would be more on the cut line. Jordan Hicks for sure is on the cut line. And Harrison Smith, th- this is another one where it could go either way because obviously you're going to have some of the dead cap, but you will, like you mentioned, save a little bit over seven if you cut him. And you do have those prospects at safety. You mentioned Metellus. Metellus played great this year in his limited looks, uh, 200 or so snaps on defense, whatever, and was fabulous on special teams as well. And then you also have Louisine, who will be back next year and healthy. Harrison Smith, for me, is closer to the cut line, I think, than for others. Um, but it depends on on how much money you think you need to open up and stuff like that. But Harris, Harrison Smith, his play fell off so much this year. For me, he'd be closer to the cut line. Thor, are any of these guys candidates for restructures that could help give immediate relief, but also, and here's the big also, not kick the can further down the road when it comes to salary cap issues? I, I think Harrison Smith would be right near the top of that list. And, and I think with Harrison Smith, it's a wait and see because you're going to approach him, see if he's willing to rework that contract. If he's sort of steadfast and like, no, I have a contract, you guys make the decision and puts the ball back in the Vikings court. I think maybe that's where you have to make the tough decision of we maybe we got to cut you now. But you you can give him an extension, off, uh, offlay some of the, the bonus money that he has um, and, and save some of the cap room. So he'd be one of those guys. Uh, Delvin Tomlinson's another one because he has the void years. Whereas, like, if, if he leaves right now, I, I believe it costs the Vikings $7 million in cap room next year if he just walks. Whereas if you rework his contract, a reasonable contract around where his market value would be, you'd actually save $2 million in cap room. So the Vikings are extremely incentivized to rework Delvin Tomlinson's contract. Whereas with Harrison Smith, like I said, it is right on that line. Interesting. You know, you mentioned Lewisine, obviously the Vikings highest draft pick last year, injured in week four, but on track to return this summer. He's going to be obviously chomping at the bit. Um, what do you think about Andrew Booth Jr.? And we'll talk about how the rookies kind of performed this year, but obviously he'd be another piece of that defense. He played 105 defensive snaps, 40 more on special teams. Do you think that he'd be able to really step up his game next year and, and improve on a defense that was very, very grim to begin with? With Andrew Booth, it's more of a just cross your fingers. What you can't do is go into to next, you know, like into training camp next year, being like Andrew Booth is our cornerback too, because uh, you're you're setting yourself up for failure and you're setting Andrew Booth up for failure at that point. But but I think if you have a couple guys that you're more or less comfortable with starting, and then Booth is like you know the first guy off the bench as the cornerback, I, I I think in that case, if if he if his development surprises you in camp. And, and he starts to sort of progress towards what you thought you were getting in the draft. That's the point where, you know, then he can start to play more. But I would not go into, into next year or next training camp expecting Andrew Booth to start because you're, you're just going to be too thin if it doesn't work out. On the corners, Thor, the one thing I've been trying to look at comps and look around the league to see what other cornerbacks are making or even journeyman cornerbacks who had nice pop-up seasons It's really tough to find a perfect example or a perfect case for what type of money Duke Shelley, Duke, Mm -hmm. he might command. But I got to imagine the Vikings are going to want to be the first team to have a crack at bringing him back. What does his contract potentially look like? Because I honestly can't tell you. Do the Vikings go to him and say, hey, we're going to give you a nice little bump, but you still have to prove it? Or did he already do enough over three months to prove it. I honestly have no idea what that number looks like for Duke Shelley. 
It's hard to say because you don't know what the teams around the league, how they perceive him, but he's done enough to get the contract for the, you know next year, the next couple of years, and some guaranteed money with that. Um, with, with the Vikings, with how cap crunch they are, with every one of these decisions, you have to come in with what your price point is, where you're comfortable at. And if one of these unrestricted guys, if they end up getting offered more elsewhere, that, that, that it goes above your market, then you just have to wave goodbye to him. But Duke Shelley is a, absolutely a guy I would prioritize. Because, you know, I was just talking about with Andrew Booth. I, I don't want to go into next training camp having to rely on him as the CB2 because if, if he plays like he did this year uh, in training camp and then into next year, now you're looking at a disaster with one of your starting cornerback spots. Duke Shelley's a guy I would more or less be comfortable going into training camp with as a CB2 if, if the rest of the stuff doesn't work out for you. I'm sure the Vikings will try to get both cornerback spots better. Um, whether it's through the draft, whether it's through free agency. And, and we'll talk about this because the Vikings can create a whole bunch of cap room through releases, through restructuring, through extensions, et cetera. Um, but Duke Shelley is a guy that I would more or less be comfortable seeing him on the field regularly because it happened this year and he was great when nobody expected it. One final piece on the defense that I want to question, Daniil Hunter. Is he a possible candidate to be traded? Would you package him with something? Is he a good one-for-one one trade? What are your thoughts on Daniil Hunter, who struggled in the 3-4 scheme under, under Ed Dantel? Now, obviously, the Vikings on the hunt for a new defensive coordinator, so that might help. But would you consider getting rid of Daniil Hunter if it obviously improves your team? It, the off, the trade offer would have to blow my doors off. The, okay. the one thing on defense that I'm super comfortable with, it's both the edge rushers. And those are the two guys that I want to keep. And Daniil now, we know that, that he can play in both schemes, right? We know he's a fabulous 4-3 defensive end. And the start of last year or the, this past season was not as, you know, it took some acclimation time, took a little bit over a month for him to get going. But down the stretch, he was great coming off the edge in a 3-4. So it, it looks like he's figured that out. Hopefully the next defensive coordinator doesn't drop him into coverage with the regularity that Ed Donatel was doing on third downs and stuff like that. But um, he's a guy that, that I would want to keep. But, you know, you, you guys are talking about some of the rookies the Vikings took in the last draft. Some of those guys are going to have to step up. I'm not quite as confident in Andrew Booth based on what we saw this year, but he does have the physical tools. A guy I am confident in stepping up into a bigger role I think he's going to be a week one starter next year is Brian Asamoah. Mm -hmm. um, you know, and, and, and that's that's going to make you more comfortable for sure releasing Hicks, perhaps releasing Kendricks or, or doing something there because I think you have one of those inside linebacker spots taken with Asamoah. Thor, I think a lot of the younger guys that you just mentioned and we'll spend more time on, I think it, it signals and should signal to fans, we do have an affinity to players. Jesse talked about it. People love Harrison Smith. They love Eric Kendricks. Even if it was Daniil Hunter, they love Daniil Hunter. You love the guys that we've known and have been around for a long time. The problem is those are guys that played on defenses that were really, really porous the last few years. And if I'm the Vikings, even if I commit to youth or guys that are not as developed or you know less about Thor, it's it's hard to imagine that those guys would be much worse. So <laughs> I, I think fans are going to have to come to the realization that a lot of their favorite players and a lot of names that they've grown to love they're going to be gone. I, not every one of them, not every name that we've mentioned is going to be gone, but some of them are. And there's a reason for that. And a lot of it is the younger guys that you mentioned. 
that are already on the roster and the younger guys that we don't even know about that will be here. And the younger guys that are pestering me. I mean, what would what would this show be without one last interruption from a child? I swear I thought we were past. He knew it was the swan song. He He knew knew before. Exactly. Uh, You know, I think the biggest thing and you had mentioned guys that we've known to love Adam Thielen, CJ Ham and Dalvin Cook. That's 17.3 million of cap space that could be freed up. Uh, Alexander Madison's obviously a free agent, but you have Tyler Chandler or you have Ty Chandler. Excuse me. You've got Nuango. You've got KJ Osborne. Do you think they could fill the void where the Vikings might be comfortable enough to release and cut Thielen, Ham and Cook? Yeah, well, you know, we're talking about the defense. You're going to take a wrecking wrecking ball to the defense. We know that that's going to happen. The running back position you just brought up, there's there probably is going to be a wrecking ball taken to that position too, because Madison is is almost assuredly going to leave in free agency. Delvin Cook is one of those guys that is on whether hopefully you can get something for him in a trade, and I do think the Vikings will explore that. Uh, if not, he might even be a release candidate. You, you mentioned how much that they could ultimately save if they do one or the other. Uh, $7.8 million with him. And when you're talking about how, how cap crunch his team is and, and not only wanting to get out of that, but then also create cap space so you can go out and start shopping for people. That's where, that's where a guy like Delvin cook moving on from that contract, saving almost $8 million where it could make sense. Um, But then you have to figure out what to do after that. Right? Like, because uh, Ty, you mentioned Ty Chandler and in Wangu, I would rather have those guys as my two and three next year. Not mm-hmm. sure if I want to go into training camp with Chandler as like my starter. Sure. Um, and and I don't want to sign a, a free agent running back because you're you always have to overpay with that position, right? That's a position where I want to draft the starter on day two. So if I'm gonna wave goodbye to Delvin Cook again, hopefully in a trade, even if you get a mid-round pick for the guy, then you can go out in in you know late round or well, I guess they don't have their their round two right now, but in round three potentially, you can draft his replacement. We see rookie running backs all the time who are even drafted on day three who are immediate starters. Damian Pierce is a great example from this year. Tyler Algier from the Falcons. Those guys are available. And, and it, I mean, the, the Vikings coaching staff in the front office, they can sort of pick their flavor. This is a pretty deep running back class. You know, I'm starting to do the NFL draft work and everything like that. It's a pretty deep class. You could find more or less uh, an analgamation for Delvin Cook and plug him into that spot. Or if they want a different kind of a back, you can also do that. But for me, Chandler and Wangu ideally would be two and three. And then hopefully you draft that the, the next starter on day two. Um, I, I'm not sure if I would have Delvin back at the cap hit he's going to be. Yeah, and for the way the Vikings offense was constructed and run this year, do you really need that rock star running back? Yeah. As I said in past mm-hmm. Before we dies, if you end up drafting that guy in round two, three, four, five, six, who becomes a rock star, that's fine. Hold on to him as long as you can until you have to pay him, then let him go a separate way and do it again. Because Thor, to your point, if you go back and look at the last 10 Super Bowl winners, how many of them actually had rock star running backs who really helped carry them there? Oftentimes it's it's insert free agent here that's not even a top dollar free agent just an insert name here or it's a guy who was drafted in the middle round so i'm fully on board with that i do want to ask you one more question on defense though if you don't mind how much say will a new defensive coordinator have in personnel or how much say should a new defensive coordinator have in personnel because it's possible whoever you hire as a defensive coordinator 
is only here for a year or two because they could be on to being a head coach at some point. So how do you break that down? The input, I would think, would be a lot, right? Like, especially if you go to a guy like, for instance, Brian Flores, where then you're going to switch the scheme more back to like a 4-3. He does some hybrid type stuff, but it would it's not going to be the, the pure 3-4 that you had this year. And if you're going to flip it back, you would want that input. It would be dumb if Quasi did not seek out that input from the guy that they're handpicking to be the successor to Donatel. Now, if they stay in the 3-4, this front office and the coaching staff, after they've already been acclimated to that for a year, I think they more or less know the guys that, that would plug in, but for sure that they would take the input from, from the, the guy that they would take. But again, especially if they switch that scheme, they're the guy that they end up hiring, he's going to be leaned upon as a sounding board all off season for all the defensive acquisitions that they're going to make. And there's going to be a lot of them. An acquisition that you are going to try your best to retain Justin Jefferson, a man that needs to get paid. You guys, AJ Brown making 56.4 million Tyreek Hill, 52.5 and Stefan Diggs, 47.9. Then obviously Devonte Adams signed that five year, 140 million last spring. The Vikings are going to make it work, right? Yes. They, and they, they need to. And, and here's the other thing I'd say, you need to sign them as quick as possible. And the reason why is because every off season, the market resets, the cap never goes down. Right. And, and the contracts of the top paid receiver, the top paid guy, any position, it never goes down every single off season. It resets, resets, resets. Justin Jefferson is on a historical pace after three years. He's the best wide receiver in the game. You don't want to let another offseason go by where numerous receivers, you know, last offseason was Christian Kirk who got this ridiculous new contract, whatever. You don't want these, these veteran receivers out there on the free market get, you know, sort of resetting the, the receiver market where Justin Jefferson is looking at him and it's like, I'm twice as good as that dude. If he's getting this, I'm getting that. So if I'm the Vikings front office, yes, I mean, you know, a huge priority is remaking the defense figuring out some of the, the holes to plug on offense, who you bring back and whatnot. But then a huge one is the Justin Jefferson extension. That is priority this offseason. You cannot let this offseason go by without doing it because if you do, you're going to end up having to pay more. And, and the Ravens and Lamar Jackson is one example of this. But every single offseason, this happened. Kirk Cousins back in the day with Washington, they kicked the can, kicked the can, kicked the can to the point where they could no longer afford them. The Vikings cannot do that with Justin Jefferson. You can't afford it. Throw all not? the money that you can at Justin Jefferson because that's what he deserves. I'm going to cut you off there, Ross, because I have that's a segue. Fine. Please let me segue. Uh, throw all the money that you can at JJ. Also throw all the money you can at the crazy Canadian Cousins Crusaders of Purple Daily at KirkCousins.org. Uh, final reminder that there is a group of crazy Canadian Cousins Crusaders who reach out to us here at Purple Daily in hopes of doing some good. Uh, summoning donations to Kirk Cousins Foundation at KirkCousins.org. Throw what you can. You know, you don't have to go JJ crazy with it, but do what you can. Throw what you might want uh, at KirkCousins.org. We appreciate you. We appreciate them reaching out. Make sure you mention Purple Daily when you make your donation so they know that you heard it here first. Uh, now you may proceed, Ross. All I was going to say, Thor, is I was going to offer the counterpoint and say, can you not kick that can one more year down the road? Because technically you have two more years with Justin Jefferson at cheaper money. Everybody knows the deal's going to get done. So if it helps you in the immediate by waiting one more year and you get to next off season before his fifth year option kicks in, can you not do that? Or is it more advantageous and imperative to do it right now? 
you, you could in, in that, like you mentioned, you have team control over him. He's not going anywhere. So you could kick that can and prioritize some other things. But my only thing is you're going to have to pay more if you do that. Right. Cause again, that the cap will go up that, that you're going to see more of these guys sign his agent will have a better argument for, well, if this guy got that and Justin Jefferson is not only younger, but he's also better. And I can prove that with all these different metrics or just the counting stats um, you know, that that's where that comes into play. That's why I would prioritize it. Cause when we talk about all, you know, the, the, the cap dynamics of this off season, the less cap you have to pay in any subsequent year, the better, the, the better you can do with your roster. One way to do that is by locking guys up early. I, I think this is a great opportunity to do with Justin Jefferson. One final person we want to talk about here, Kirk Cousins. What, where does he lie on the list of priorities for reworking that contract? My opinion and my preference would be, a short-term extension, but what do you guys see? This is, this is a three-dimensional chess one. And this is one they're going to have to think long and hard about because you can either let him play out the last year of his contract. And then you're not tied up. Like you have more flexibility. If you want to move on from cousins after next season, you would be able to do that um, and different stuff like that. However, if you give him a short-term extension, you're going to be able to save cap room for this year. So I, I'm sure what they're going to do first is go through and line it at the whole roster. Like we can cut him, we can cut him, we can probably trade him, you know, et cetera. And then you see where the cap is after all that stuff happens. And then do we need more cap space? I think the equation last offseason they got to was like, oh man, we need more cap space. So we need to extend Kirk by a year. And what that did, it was another one of those things where it offset some of the, the, um, the bonus money that he had over two years. Um, and that saves some money for last year, but that's enough. It, it's the exact same decision this off season. So that one could go either way. Um, it, it could absolutely go either way. And I, I think it's going to come down to, like I said, so, some of these other different things. And then also, does this team feel like they're going to be a contender next year or not? Like, do you, mm -hmm. you want to prioritize giving up some future cap uh, for present cap where you can go out and sign more guys and try to augment that roster for this coming season or, do you think that maybe next year, like some media members think that next year, more of a regression's coming, you know, with, with you know, the, the rework of the defense, having to play a first place schedule, everything like that. Maybe then you would prioritize the roster flexibility and the cap flexibility going forward. But that one could go either way. It's one of those. It's, it's right there. Either way. Yeah. I look at it this way. Hypothetically, let's say the Minnesota Vikings extend Kirk Cousins by a year. So you have two more years of Kirk Cousins. You get cap relief this year and you guarantee him money over the course of basically two years. Nothing still or nothing prevents the Vikings from drafting a quarterback this year, late in the first round or who knows where second round, maybe they move up to a quarterback that they like not saying they will, but what I'm saying is nothing prevents them from doing that. And then after next season, just eating whatever money's remained of Kirk Cousins and moving on to your air quotes here, future quarterback that you just drafted. So that's probably the route that I think they will go. The route that I would go is just let it ride out this year and see what happens. But I don't know if that's best for locker room dynamics. So my gut is that they will work out some sort of extension that gives them immediate cap relief. And then if need be, they could always look at it at the end of next season and say, well, we're not going to be very good anyways next year. So let's just eat the rest of Kirk's money and turn it over to insert quarterback here. Since we're talking draft Thor, are you ready? This is your moment, baby. Can you do it? Yeah. Well, what are we doing? 
we're gonna do the draft picks. Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah. Let's, yeah? yeah. I want you. I want you to grade this draft. I have it, and I think this is conservative. I have this year's draft rated as an F plus. Okay. No, I'm just. It's not that bad. <laughs> well, it's it's a it's a total wait and see, and it, who know it could end up being wait and see. Yeah, it could end up being an F plus or, or a D minus. But like, you know what what Quasi did, and this is you know I mean the very first decision of with Quasi being in charge of a draft room, it was the one that drew the most controversy, and it's the one where it's going to be the longest wait and see on it, where they traded all the way down to the end of the first round, and then of course you had the other uh, trade down, you know, with the Packers. But, you know, you, you allowed the Lions to get Jameson Williams. You allowed the Packers to get Christian Watson. And what the, the Vikings did instead, they you know, of course, that they attacked the defense, but they took a lot of these project guys, a lot of guys that were not quite ready to play right away. Andrew Booth's a great example of that. Louis seen even to an extent as far as a first-round safety because he had he had so much – the physical attributes were fabulous and sort of the the, the – dual to, to use a quarterbackism, dual threat aspect to his game and, and that he could fill against the run and that he was a ball hawking coverage like all those things sort of lined up but sort of like Andrew Booth he's a riverboat gambler out there and in the <laughs> NFL you can't do that your instincts have to get better and then at that point your athleticism and and, and everything like that the ball skills they're all going to play up once you're you're consistently making the correct snap decisions uh but with seeing I mean you got you got nothing out of him this year. You got two defensive snaps out of the guy. I do think he's going to be the first round pick, or I'm sorry, the starter in week one next year. Uh, Booth, you got you got nothing. You got less than nothing out of him because he was worse than replacement level. Whenever you put him on the field, again, I would not go into next year uh, counting on him. He he was the 42nd pick, but you still have that high upside with him, and you can't discount that. We knew that he wasn't ready last year. The Vikings didn't take him because he was ready last year. So he he's a total wait and see guy. And and you cross your fingers. Ingram was the one guy that started right. Uh, they got him at number fifty nine. Shaky starter, shaky starter as a rookie in that he was good in run blocking, and the pass pro was the adventure. I do think he is going to get better and better and better because he didn't struggle in pass protection because of physical limitations. Um, the, the deep bag of tricks of the pass rusher moves of, of the NFL pass rushers consistently sort of got him on a teeter totter. You know, you get him going one way and then go the other way, or you could bull rush him right away and make him step back two or three steps real quick and step on Kirk because of his feet. We saw that stuff over and over and over again, but he's got an anchor. He's got great play strength. He's got great length. So I think you're going to see those things uh, tick up in, in, in the future as he learns more. Um, and, and so uh, of course he's going to be a starter next year. And then Asamoah um, is a guy that I also think is going to be a starter next year. He became a very promising rotational player this year, particularly down the stretch. And I mentioned this during, uh, you know, last month and even in November, where the biggest thing that concerned me about uh, Asamoah coming into the year or, you know, in, in the draft process, whatever, was his coverage. He was this undersized sort of whirling dervish of a linebacker at Oklahoma, where if you kept the offensive lineman off of him, he was going to trigger correctly every time. We talk about instincts. He has great instincts. He'll trigger downhill immediately, and he gets there, sideline to sideline. And when he gets on the doorstep, he's taking you down, period. But but he he does have the undersized thing. If the offensive lineman can get their hand on him, that's one thing. So you got to make sure you have the guys in front of him that can occupy the offensive line. But then in coverage, 
that was the big question because at Oklahoma, he consistently struggled with that. He was really good in coverage this year. In fact, he was the Vikings' best coverage linebacker. So he's a guy that I want in the starting lineup next year, and, and I think that that's what's going to be the case. I like it. I have no disagreements. I think those are the players that everybody in their mind has circled that needs to make an impact with next year's team. And I think they absolutely will. Were there any dis- extreme disappointments that you saw? Again, we saw such limited action from last year's draft class this year. Were there Was there anybody that even glimpses you saw that you're like, you know what, there's just not room for them with this team moving forward? Uh, Nick Muse is, is, you know, the, but he was the last, you know, I was going to say, but he's last, like, is that a disappointment? So, you know, so, no, seven round really. picks get cut all the time. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, th- th- that was sort of a dart throw. Um, Veldarian low, I-, I think is a guy that probably ain't going to be on the roster next year. He, had, he only had 33 snaps this year and they were pretty rough. The rest of the guys though. I mean, even the late rounders, uh, they look baby. Exactly. He did not look out of place in, in his limited snaps. Um, so, I mean, I, I think he's going to be a guy that, that is a deeper part of the rotation next year with the interior defensive line, particularly, you know, if, if Bullard leaves, if Bullard's an unrestricted free agent, depending on what they do with Tomlinson. Um, but you you might have at least one of those spots open, even if Tomlinson comes back, right? Um, and, and they might go out and sign somebody else, whatever. But, you know, again, I, I think Atomwa moves up on that pecking order. Jalen Naylor, um, he was – you guys remember in August, like – I. I'm a big Jalen Naylor fan. I, I was when he was at Michigan State. The reason he fell down was because of the health stuff. This year, uh, he didn't have to test that as much because he, he played the limited snaps. But in only 59 offensive snaps, Naylor looked pretty good. Now, you do have to give the caveat. It was mostly in garbage time and stuff like that. But Naylor's a guy, let's say you move on from Thielen. And if you do move on from Thielen, you save $6.4 million. Um, and, and, you know, depending on what happens behind there. Naylor could end up moving up to wide receiver three, um, if not wide receiver four, you know, and again, depending on what they do in the draft, if you move on from Thielen, you're going to draft a first round receiver to try to put across from Jefferson. That'd be something I'd advocate for, but either way you keep Osborne in the third slot, then maybe Naylor moves up to four. But if, if, if you feel like your draft equity is better spent elsewhere, and maybe you think that Osborne could maybe hack it across from, from Jefferson, maybe you even see Naylor move up to, wide receiver three and actually he might even be the outside guy because Naylor's thing he's more like um old-time NFL fans will know this name uh, better than our our younger uh, uh people but Elvin Harper from the Cowboys back in the day a guy that can consistently take the top off the defense maybe he can't do his game isn't as well fleshed out as some other receivers you know certainly like a Justin Jefferson whatever but your uh utility it's not only uh, the ability to win downfield it is also the threat of the ability to win down the field where the defense has to respect it or or you can just take the top off right so um he's a guy that i think is going to have a, a a bigger role next year as well but yeah as as far as the the disappointments unfortunately for the vikings or fortunate however you want to look at this the, the two biggest ones, you're probably looking at the very top of the draft with Seen and Booth. The, the, the guys later on and, and after that, I thought they, they did pretty well. Like if you're just sort of reporting it out and we'll see what happens going forward. All right, kind of to wrap it up, let's look ahead to this year's draft. The Minnesota Vikings holding the 24th overall overall pick, which actually is the 23rd because Miami forfeits their picks this year and next for trying to date Tom Brady while he was married to the Patriots (laughs) and while he was separated and seeing the Buccaneers. So, Thor, who are the Vikings taking at 23 
And why do you think they're going to take him? Give me a couple names. Or do you think Quasey, we know he's not afraid to move down. He moved down last year. Do you think Quasey moves a little bit to, uh, to get the guy he wants? Man, after the whole season, we're, we're on, we're on the same wavelength. Um, mm. I, I, here's, here's my big prediction for the Vikings draft. I do not think they will make a selection in the first round. I do think you will see a trade down. And the reason why is you need all these different bodies. We've mentioned all these guys that are either going to move on in free agency or you're going to cut, but you, you're not going to have a ton of cap room. You, you will be able to open up uh, you know, a significant amount, but you're already in the hole. Um, even if you open up 40 million, then you have what, 15 to spend, right? Like, so you're going to have to fill more roster holes and you're going to be able to, to fill through the uh, free agency, but you only have the five picks. You got the first rounder, you got the third rounder, uh, you got a fourth and you got a fifth, but then the, their other, their only other pick, it's a fifth round comp pick. So those are the five picks, the sixth and seventh were already traded. You need more picks than that. And well, how do you get them? You trade down from 23. And if he does, if, if Quasey does something similar to last year, although, you know, they were picking a little bit higher last year, but if you can drop down from 23 to 35, 38, somewhere in there, you're going to be able to pick up at least one other day two pick. Um, and then probably another day three pick as well. That's how you start fleshing the, the, the class out. And I do think that there's some depth in this class. The receivers, uh, you know, we're already starting to talk about this with the draft. People are already, you know, is there a wide receiver one in this class? You know, and stuff like that. I don't, I don't know that any team is super stoked to lead the dance with the wide receiver class this year. Cause you have like four or five different guys that you could debate. Should he be wide receiver one? Should he be wide receiver one? But I think a little bit further down, when you're talking late round one to the middle of the second round, I think that's more of the sweet spot for the receivers. Um, so I would let somebody else start that dance. If you know, if you want a receiver, maybe you can wait. You find the guy that falls. One guy who I think is going to fall, I'm pretty confident in it. And I also think he would greatly help out the Vikings. I also think that the, the public doesn't believe this, but I think there's a real good shot this guy falls into round two. Jackson Smith and Jigba from Ohio State who the year before this past year absolutely dominated. But that's when they had Garrett Wilson on one side. They had Olave on the other side. And, of course, Stroud was their quarterback. And then Jackson Smith and Jigba got to play the, the role of, like, big slot, like, you know, Hercules slot. He, I mean, his play strength is great. His athleticism isn't quite as good. So I, I've, I've seen some of these comps to him to, like, better these, you know, these, you know, silky smooth outside receivers. You don't want to think about him that way. If you just think about him as a rock-solid slot that can handle targets, especially if he's only getting single-covered, which you know he will be on a team with Justin Jefferson, he would slot him perfect into the slot uh, to, to go there uh, <laughs> with, with the Vikings. So that, that would be a name to potentially look at if the Vikings can move down because you got to keep in mind, again, that they don't have their second-round pick of their own. Thor, I want to be very careful, though, about the run on wide receivers and doing the old, well, there's four that we think are really good, and we'll just take the fourth one if that's what's left for us. The last time the Minnesota Vikings did that, they got uh, Megaquan. They got Laquan Treadwell, and we know how well <laughs> that worked out. So uh, be careful what you wish for in that scenario. Do you, Thor, see any scenario in which the Vikings, with one of their earlier picks, again, I know there's a dearth of them right now. I hope you're proud of me for using the that word dearth. That was a good word. Since, that was a since, good word. Since you are our word master, Thor, and thank you, Jesse. Do you see an avenue in which the Vikings maybe do draft a quarterback that they can stash behind Kirk Cousins for a year or two? Or do they just simply not have enough picks to make that happen? 
I would think it would have to be in the scenario where you trade down and flesh out the amount of picks. If if you have more like seven, eight picks, I think that's where you see the, the quarterback in, let's say the middle of day three, right? Like in fifth round, sixth round, somewhere in there, a developmental guy that you like his tape, or maybe a guy that other teams view as a cap ceiling guy. I don't want to put the ball on the tee for Jesse too early. Everybody, including myself, saw Brock Purdy as that. Brock Purdy has been coached fabulously. And I mean, Kevin O'Connell, he's not in the same branch as Shannon, but of course, he, you know, they work together and stuff like that. Like, um, you know, if, if he's identifies someone in this class, whether it's, you know, Clayton Toon from uh, Houston, whether it's Jake Hayner from Fresno State, there's a whole bunch of names like that of guys where they're going to fall into the sixth, seventh round. And if you find the guy that you like, where other people are like, oh, his, his ceiling's too capped. He doesn't have the bazooka for an arm. He's not crazy, crazy athletic. But you like the way he makes decisions and everything like that, they run a system, maybe then you can handpick a guy that, that you can put behind as a developmental guy, but maybe he ends up surprising a little bit earlier. But I, I do think the Vikings need to make a trade in order to open up that possibility. Because with only five right now, you, especially if you move on from Thielen, especially if you move on from Cook, you probably need to plug those two holes through the draft. Then you also, you haven't even started talking about the defense where they need all these reinforcements coming. So I, I think you need you just need to add picks, but it is a possibility for sure. I mean, you opened the door here, Brock Purdy, my <laughs> Iowa State Cyclone. I, I set so, you up for that. I am so proud of him. Um, I want you to tell the people what your email said, because this is also serves as another Jesse reminder that who won Thor's hammers this year and what was I compared to as a result Jesse Pierce I want to congratulate you for winning Thor's hammers this year you know the the people out there doubted you you know it was like Brock Purdy falling down in the draft but every single week you just kept rising to the challenge over and over again you kept advancing and and you basically took it wire to wire congrats to you this is your 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 trophy for for winning Thor's hammers this year yes is the Jared Allen hair. That is, that is the Thor's Hammers trophy. Congratulations, you did. That's that's the best we could afford on our budget, a giveaway by the Minnesota Vikings. That's... I am actually super stoked on that. I'm the person that one time I traded away a really nice digital camera and a white elephant gift so I could get this ridiculous unicorn head because i enjoy things on my head and dressing up and being absolutely ridiculous thank you thank you for making thor's hammers thor that was very fun more fun because i won i imagine i would have hated it had i not done well but uh i appreciate you thor Thor and i are gonna work all off season to make sure that this atrocity does not happen again i mean that's the problem you guys tried to fade me and never did i was just correct on pretty much everything so before i even thought of the brilliant idea to hedge and fade i was far too behind to even make it matter the the fade strategy was like the ed donatella strategies ross and i are firing that we're gonna come in next year ready to go jesse we're gonna bring in a new scheme new strategy watch out we're no longer lining the cornerbacks up in the stands. We're gonna, we're gonna, we're gonna have a new strategy. We're not giving you six free yards every offensive play, Jesse. Police. All right, you guys. Again, as a reminder, this is our final episode of Before We Die at Purple Daily Score North. Uh, we thank you guys for following along. Before we end, we have our final Before We Die. Can I start? Time now for the Before We Die crew to give us their Before We Dies. I am going to start with, before we die, 
Uh, Ra- or Thor is going to have to change his profile pick to an Iowa State Cyclone <laughs> when Brock Purdy leads the San Francisco 49ers to a Super Bowl championship. Do you accept uh, this, this bet? I'm just throwing it at you so the public can hear it as well. Something along those lines. Well, what are you what are you putting up then? Nothing. This is my before we die. I just want to oh, see it. Oh, well, I mean, if, if, if you're going to put an Iowa one on there, if they don't win, now now maybe we're talking for a bet. But I fell into that trap once already with you, yeah. and I, yeah. I fell right through the floor. I had to have that Iowa State thing for a week, and people were, like, DMing me, like, 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 are you are you a hostage? Do you need help? Uh, is there, you know, blink twice if you're in Milwaukee <laughs> or whatever, like, Baxter, Baxter, is that you? Yeah, it was – that was tough times. So I'm not falling into that trap again of, of putting the yeah. Iowa State thing as my avatar. I but can't. maybe you just have to tweet something nice about Iowa State or Brock Purdy. It doesn't have to be a full avatar for a week. It just has to be like, Jesse was right, Bar- Brock Purdy. I love him. I'll, I'll do the, uh, what is it, Happy Gilmore, where he's like, I was right. Or you were right. I was <laughs> wrong. You're, you're, uh, you're smart. You're, I'm dumb. You're yeah. good looking. I'm not <laughs> attractive. Yes. Mine, uh, very simple. I'm actually sticking in the realm of football and kind of the season that we're in right now. Before we die, there's been talk that the NFL actually would prefer to have neutral site conference championship games. I don't know if that's ever going to happen, but what I do firmly believe will happen relatively soon, the NFL is going to build their own stadium. They will call it something along the lines of Super Bowl Stadium, and the Super Bowl will be played at the same site year in and year out, likely a retractable roof stadium in a warm climate. That is 100% going to happen before we die. And with that being said, Kansas City will take on the Philadelphia Eagles in this year's Super Bowl. Oh, we got some spicy ones there. I, I, I like both of those. I, I like both. Of Not anti Brock Purdy. I just like the Eagles. You're anti the beautiful narrative that is Brock Purdy, yeah. who is now as Mr. I, Relevant. As I told Declan Goff earlier today in the hallway, I'm I'm kind of ready for the feel good story to be over. So maybe that's why I don't love the Eagles either. So don't hit me up in the comments about that. But it just. Seems like this will be a weekend for the home teams, but we'll see. And I'm wrong an awful lot. I, I, I like this idea of the NFL stadium because you could also rotate through like, you know, if you put it into a place where there's not another one, which which I, another NFL team, I don't know if they would do it like because I haven't even thought about this. I think this is a great idea. But you could also do like rotate regular season games there. Try to give another fan base the NFL experience or another another area. Oh, my um, gosh. Is Super Bowl Stadium going to be in London? Oh yeah, the, the NFL would love to take things over to Europe. So, um, Dubai? but but no, we're we will never give away the Super start an Bowl. LIV we'll league like yes. football. <laughs> but they they should for the regular season ones. I, I'd be okay with that. Yeah, yeah I think Super there Bowl. So I think Super Bowl Stadium is absolutely going to happen before we die. Thor, you got to go. What do you got? Well, I was going to say, I, if the Super Bowl or any, I can't go over there because I, I don't like how they say Wilst instead of while. For some reason, it just discombobulates my brain. I don't like when they say Wilst. Uh, my before we die is, before we die, I want the Vikings to hire Brian Flores as the defensive coordinator. If he doesn't get the Cardinals job, Brian Flores should be a head coach. He never should have been fired by the Dolphins. Uh, he would be a great hire, I think, by the Arizona Cardinals if they go that direction as a head coach. If not, the Vikings need to do whatever they can to get Brian Flores. The scheme thing don't matter. 
before you were a 4-3 team, you did fine before the last year was Zimmer or whatever. More, you know, the personnel thing, whatever. But the, the scheme this year, it was not good. So so flipping back to the 4-3, that's fine. You just need to get the right guy. I think Brian Flores is the right guy. What what, what ticked us off the, the most this year about Donatel's defense, outside of it gave up uh, 8,000 yards every single game and it, you know, led the league in, in points allowed and everything like that, was how passive it was. How milk toast it was to use a word i haven't yet on, on this this podcast we want an attacking come forward hit you in the mouth defense brian flores his last two years in miami what did they rank it rank and blitz rate in the nfl two and then two he is going to get after the quarterback and we talk about the one good thing the vikings had on defense fabulous edge rushers i think it'd be a great fit bring in brian flores I don't hate it. That was also your last soapbox of the year. So congratulations. Yeah, I don't, your how I don't hate it, Thor, either. That was specifically the name I was thinking of, though, when I asked you, how much say do you want the defensive coordinator to have in all the personnel? Because I can see Brian Flores being with Minnesota for a year and then getting a head coaching job right away. Mm-hmm. Then you're back to how Mike Zimmer... Mike Zimmer with offensive coordinators would then be like KOC with defensive coordinators. I'm not saying don't hire him for that, but I think that's a real possibility that you would hire him and he's gone after a season. Well, Jim Leonard, to... Jim Leonard Ooh. is where I think they're going to end up settling. Okay. Right. The, I mean, the, the silver lining Wait. of Flores leaving after one year would mean that the defense ha- greatly improved next year. So, I mean, in some ways I'm not as afraid of that, but I, your point is well taken. He deserves know, to be a head coach. I know Thor doesn't even look at the screen, so he can't I don't. really see my head. Wait, what, what, what did you do? Break. We have to go to a break. It's a time. Jesse's, break. Got, Jesse's got work tonight. We don't have, yeah, we don't. Uh, I got a happy hour. I, I got to edit this thing. So I'm done. Other than Jesse and Thor, you're awesome. Thank you for doing this. I look forward to seeing you an awful lot more. Thank you both. I mean, really, thank you to the Vikings for not winning the Super Bowl this year because then the show might be kaputs. We don't know. We'd have to at least minimally think of a new title. So lucky for you guys, they didn't win. And this show is back next season starting uh, probably about August. Stay tuned to Purple Daily and Score North for official announcements about all of that. Don't worry. I'm sure you guys will both miss Thor and myself. I will be joining Judd on Judd's Hockey Show every single Wednesday, so be on the lookout for that. And Thor over here is joining Tuesday's Purple Daily each and every week. So we are not gone or nor forgotten, um, so you're welcome for all of that. Thank you to everybody for checking us out, giving us some conversation, loving us, hating us, everything in between. Uh, truly made this season very fun to be a part of. It was a fun new challenge for me, myself, and I, and a fun new challenge for Thor and Ross as well, I imagine. And I think we did pretty darn good, boys. Congratulations. Yeah, congratulations to you too, and Skull Vikings, baby. All right, that's going to do it, you guys. We will see you on Before We Die next season. Until then, follow All Score North and All Purple Daily content. Have a great rest of your evening. Hennepin! Boothor. Get ready for your first Minnesota golf round of 2023. The 32nd Annual 2023 Choice Bank Minnesota Golf Show returns to the Minneapolis Convention Center Friday, February 24th through Sunday, February 26th. Grab your foursome and check out all that this year's show has to offer. Free lessons from PGA professionals, great deals on apparel and equipment, plus your chance to sink a putt for $100,000, and so much more. Tickets and more information at minnesotagolfshow.com.